This is an ABC podcast. In New South Wales, in 2023, we will prohibit conversion practices. There is no, again, no indication of aliens or extraterrestrial activity. That's the most Gen Z thing I've ever heard. I'm less sexually empowered and it's hella scary. On Triple J. Yes, a bit in there. You like the sound of that? You're going to like it a whole lot more when I introduce the brilliant Shake Up crew this week, backed by popular demand in 2023. Journalist, newsreader and Kiss FM, Brooklyn Ross, how you doing? Hey, David. Great. Thanks for having me. Hey. Really popular demand or are you just making that up? Oh, one or two people had something to say. I'll take you it. Know? <laughs> That's popular demand. <laughs> no, no, we're happy to have you here. And from Mamma Mia, journalist M Gillespie. How are you doing? Hello. Packed by popular demand, one or two. I think we are the one or two <laughs> oh, yeah, who demanded one. to popularly be brought back. How are we feeling about the weekend? Oh, very excited. World Pride, it's in full swing. Let's do it. Yeah, there's a lot going on. Brooklyn, you're going to be busy? Yes, I will. In Sydney, there's Fair Day, which is always my favourite part of Mardi Gras in Sydney. It's just like the family kind of event that you go to in the park. It's nice. Nice. Well, mm. hey, there's a whole bunch going on over World Pride. We're going to get into World Pride in a bit, but I just want to remind people, if you're listening and you want to join in this conversation, you can. You can hit the text line. You can give us a buzz. We want to chat with you. So get involved. Time for us to get into it. Pack. I was doomed to be this queer for the rest of my life. On Triple J. World Pride officially underway today. Huge global event. Party energy in Sydney, very high. There are some big issues that are being discussed at the moment too, though, including the news out today that after years of calls for action, New South Wales is on track to ban so-called gay conversion therapies. Pack. Very dark time. I was treated as though I was a little subhuman, I suppose, and, and dirty and predatory, and I, I didn't want to be these things. I didn't want to be gay. Premier Dominic Perrottet today pledged to support legislation to ban gay conversion practices. In a statement, he said there is no room in New South Wales for such harmful practices and has promised his government will give in-principle support to any legislation that puts an end to them. I failed God, I failed the, the beautiful family that took me in, I failed and I was doomed to be this queer for the rest of my life, so I didn't want to live. Today is a good day for New South Wales. As we start Sydney World Pride, we have leaders of both major parties saying if you are LGBT, there is nothing wrong with you, you are supported and you are celebrated. What a wonderful way to welcome the world to our state. On Triple J. Yeah, interesting timing just out from an election in New South Wales, also with World Pride launching. I want to know what you think of this decision because it would mean New South Wales would join Victoria, the ACT, Queensland in criminalising gay conversion therapies. Other states have also committed to doing this. Are you surprised, though, that it isn't, you know, against the law already? I think a lot of people are. Colleagues I've been talking to today saying, hey, I, I didn't know that was still a thing. Let me know. You can call in 1300 0555536. You can message in as well, 0439757555. Maybe you've been through this yourself. First up, want to get the thoughts of our shake-up crew, Brooklyn Ross from Kiss FM, Mamma Mia journalist M Gillespie. Hey, Brooklyn, what are your thoughts on the Premier's in-principle commitment? Uh, yeah, it's good he did it, obviously. Uh, I just can't believe we're talking 
talking about this. Like what you say is right, David. It's crazy that the thought that this could even happen out there is still a reality. Like I think in practice it kind of has wound back a lot from the old days, so it's not really happening as much. Um, But still, it could happen. It could legally happen in New South Wales. A a church group or some other organisation could could get someone who's gay and say, yeah, we're going to make you straight. Like what? Mm. What is going on? And could you imagine doing that the other way around? Like straight people listening... Do you think you could be converted gay if you just had enough brainwashing? Like, yeah. it's just it's just a nonsense. Um, and Alex Greenwich, if, if you're not from New South Wales, you may not have heard of him, but he's an independent in our state parliament. And he sort of wedged both, um, both the Premier and the opposition leader on this issue in the last week or so. Well, it's interesting, right, because a week ago, neither major party had committed to this and now everyone's on board. Yeah, so World Pride is just starting in Sydney. So, And, and obviously both those politicians want to kind of, show their support for World Pride. We've got an election a month away and Alex Greenwich, the Independent, has come along and said, here's a bill. Will you guys support this to outlaw this therapy, so-called therapy? And they've both said, oh, yeah, okay, I guess we better do it. So thank God. Em, what are your thoughts on this? Are you surprised? I think it's a little bit icky that it's now being toyed with as sort of election promise fodder. To me, this is a very bipartisan, non-issue, why aren't we just saying today, tomorrow, let's pass it up the Senate, let's legislate to outlaw this immediately. I mean, all all on the opposition for saying, you know, that that's our election promise, if we're elected to government, we'll do it. But the government of the day should be taking the responsibility and, you know, it, it would even possibly be a good move politically for them ahead of the election just do it now. Don't mm. promise you'll do it if you win. Just do it today. Do it tomorrow. Interesting. I want to go to someone who's got first-hand experiences of these practices. Chris Chabs underwent years of prayers, exorcisms, counselling after growing up being told and believing that his sexuality needed to be fixed. He's with us now. Hey, Chris, thanks for joining us. What's your reaction to this news that New South Wales is likely to ban so-called gay conversion therapies? Oh, look, um, I'm really, um, really happy, of course, that there's been these promises made. Um, I mean, my concern is, well, um, if if we're going to legislate, how is that legislation going to look? You know, because it's one thing to say, oh, yeah, we're going to ban conversion practices, um, you know, and then pass uh, legislation like Queensland did, which only covers uh, conversion practices that, that are occurring in uh, therapeutic contexts. And the Victorian legislation, which is completely different, um, which is actually very protective and covers all manner of conversion practices. So I want to make sure that whatever legislation is passed, it's legislation that's survivor-led and that it's actually going to work. Yeah, I mean, and this is the thing. People have been calling for years for a national ban, saying we really just need to be getting onto this. Chris, do you think Mm -hmm. people don't realise how common it is in the sense that every year we see stories come out with new case studies of young people who are still young people who've been through this in the last few years and there's this idea out there that it's like maybe it's only happened to a couple of people. Yeah, absolutely. Look, um, uh, the latest research from La Trobe University's Conversion Ideology and Conversion Practices uh, uh, project has included interviews from survivors all over Australia, uh, including in New South Wales, of course. Um, And it's looking like an an estimated 
10% of LGBT people in Australia have been exposed to conversion practices. And that's mostly occurring in religious spaces. And if you look at the research coming from the UK and the USA, um, it's showing that those percentages are even higher for trans and gender diverse people. That's crazy So stuff. this is a problem. This is a massive problem. Well, hey, Chris, look, we appreciate your insight into this and, you know, for speaking out for a lot of years, for being an advocate and supporting people who've been, you know, through this trauma. Thanks for being so generous and speaking with us on Hack. No problem. And remember, you can go to Q Life if you need some support. You can contact them on one eight hundred one eight four five two seven. Lifeline is also there whenever you need them. They're on thirteen eleven fourteen. Guys, you know, there's a lot happening. World Pride has kicked off today. Let's try and you know change the change the theme here a little bit. You know, get into a bit of a party atmosphere. How are we feeling about World Pride, Brooklyn? Oh, it's big. You know what? They've been planning it for a few years and I it still didn't hit me until the last couple of days just how big this festival is. Like it's hundreds and hundreds of events, you know, each day across Sydney from all like different types of things, like from sport and obviously like art and festivities, parties. It's just going off. Half a million people they're expecting to come here. They're saying the biggest kind of global event in Sydney since the Olympics in the year 2000, (laughs) which is crazy, right? What about you, Em? Is there anything you're looking forward to most? The agenda's pretty stacked. (laughs) I I have a little bit of pre-Pride anxiety in terms of it's a marathon, not a sprint. We don't want to go too hard too fast. (laughs) But I am really excited. I'm going to the opening, the official opening next weekend with like Kylie, Charlie XEX, I think Jess Malboy. So very pumped up about that. But am I going to peak too early? Maybe, probably. But hey, that's part of the fun too. If you're travelling from across the country, if you're going to Sydney, if you're super excited about this, you've been looking forward to it for ages, please let me know, 0439757555. What about, have you seen the unofficial mascot, the Progress Shark? Have you seen this? Yes. No, have you I haven't seen, seen it. it. I've what seen it, it in the okay, flesh. Okay, so it's basically this big... Um, how would you describe it, Anne? So there's a shark exhibition on at the Australian <laughs> Museum oh, right yeah, now and yeah. there's this huge sort of like model of a great white shark on William Street outside the museum So this in is the in city, the middle of Sydney. In the middle yeah. of Sydney. And they have donned this great white shark in the most beautiful like poncho wrapping foil of like the pride flag, the trans flag. It's like bedazzled and tasseled and metallic and just like stunning. It's so interesting. Some, someone's Yeah, it's kind of crazy the look of it. Someone's just chucked a rainbow on this shark and now everyone's like, it's the mascot. It's making headlines around the world. I saw the BBC did a big write-up. They're like the unofficial <laughs> mascot of World Pride in Sydney and they're getting like comments from people. They're saying, oh, I feel deeply connected to something um, like Progress Shark. It's absurd. It's wonderful. So people People are really getting around it. The other thing that always comes up around this time, especially around Mardi Gras, is the rainbow washing stuff, you know, with the corporates getting involved and stuff. Is this something you think about, Brooklyn, or is it something that annoys you? Or do you think, hey, look, it's we're talking about the important issues. That's the main thing. Yeah, look, I come from a commercial radio background. Well, don't say any brands on the ABC. (laughs) Where advertising is important to us and necessary. And I think... Look, these companies could just not do anything. Um, and yes, they are jumping on the bandwagon to some degree and they're, they're, they're getting a benefit to themselves by putting rainbow flags on their logos and stuff, but they could just be not doing it. So I do think... I do think it's okay. I'm, I don't have a big problem with it. Yeah, it can seem a little bit cringy sometimes, but I think that's a really good point that Brooklyn's made. You know, like when you walk into a store, 
if they've donned the walls with rainbow flags and it's it feels cringy or gives you the ick or whatever and they're not doing anything proactively to be better allies, at the end of the day, you know, 10, 20, 30 years ago, would the decision makers at that company have been okay with even that? With just visual merchandising. So I guess we got to, like, take the win. Hey, why not? Why not? You know, it's important to do that. We've got a lot of love on the text line for the unofficial mascot of World Pride in Sydney. Someone says, big gay shark, the best. Hack. President Biden gave the green light to take it down over the Atlantic. They successfully took it down. On Triple J. Yeah, but what did they take down? That's what I want to know, the balloon thing. Every time we talk about it, I feel like... We're about to put it all to rest. They're going to say, oh, okay, this is what they were. But every update and press briefing, we're left with more questions than answers. What did the US shoot down? Yeah, there was a spy balloon, but the others? Hack. We don't yet know exactly what these three objects were. My hunch is that these are probably not Chinese surveillance balloons. The White House saying the object shot down over Lake Huron this past weekend was harmless, just balloons. Nothing right now suggests they were related to China's spy balloon program or that they were surveillance vehicles from other any other country. Almost immediately there was doubt about what those other flying objects were. Pilots reportedly described one as being the shape of an octagon and another being the shape of a cylinder. There is no, again, no indication of aliens or extraterrestrial activity with these recent takedowns. The intelligence community's current assessment is that these three objects were most likely balloons tied to private companies, recreation or research institutions studying weather or conducting other scientific research. On Triple J. Have you been addicted to this story? What do you think... They were. Please, let me know, please. You got Reese on the text line. He said, I heard the news update saying the UFOs could belong to private companies, but I would have thought that if it was the case that they were from private companies, the companies would have come forward or complained or said something. Reese, I'm with you. That's why we're asking these tough questions. If you know what they are, please. Someone's just going to text in. They're like, oh, it was this. Um, I don't know, maybe. Uh, also, I may regret asking this, but have you ever had a crazy UFO sighting? Uh, <laughs> call up everyone. What have you seen? <laughs> Message in 0439757555. Producers bracing now for some hectic calls. Texts on the text line. Want to get your thoughts, but hey, let's go to our Shake Up crew for more. M Gillespie from Mamma Mia, Brooklyn Ross from Kiss FM. M. US President Joe Biden saying the first balloon was a Chinese spy balloon. China's saying, no, no, that's not correct. But he's saying the first one was a spy balloon. The others weren't. What do you think they were? Well, I mean, China are going to say, no, 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 that was not us. It was not spying. And my second feeling is... God, we love a conspiracy theory. We just, any glimmer, a <laughs> flicker in the darkness of something we can take and run with. I mean, but this is a good one. I also think only in America would you have the leader of the country have to do a press conference and address the fact that these are not extraterrestrial <laughs> beings. They're like the press secretary is every day in the White House press room being like, once again, I am reiterating, we have no reason to believe these are extraterrestrial objects. Oh, people are going crazy with this. But Brooklyn, that's because a lot of people are criticising 
um, US authorities for being so vague about everything and, you know, trying to not explaining why after so many days we still don't know what's going on. Yeah. What do you think? There's a lot of holes in the story. Like with the first Chinese... <laughs> Here we go. He's going to pull it apart. You should get a podcast. Well, with the first Chinese balloon, the US didn't shoot it down because they were worried it was still over the mainland and they waited days to, to do it. But then the next three, they just were shooting them everywhere. They were falling out of the sky onto it's land. It's not like people are in their backyards and they're looking up into the sky and seeing something that looks like a hot air balloon being blown to smithereens. Like these things are happening in remote areas and, well, and they're waiting of, for them to go out to safe places. One of the missiles they shot at it missed and it went went on the ground. So they're just shooting things and it's falling and, well, and killing who knows what. But that's also kind of like in a serious sense, it's pretty worrying that they're shooting things up in the sky yeah, and they're missing. Someone on the text line says, you can't just shoot stuff out of the sky because you don't know what it is. How many times um, did, oh, sorry, I've lost that text. But yeah, some people want to know why things and one shooting. of the conspiracy theories that I sort of lean more towards is that it's all a bit of a smokescreen cover-up for some other issue that the US doesn't want people thinking about at the moment because even the Chinese spy balloon, I'm like, is that a bit of an over-the-top response? You've got satellites, you know, orbiting the Earth that can see everything. You can just put a drone up and fly it well, wherever you want. that's what I was going to ask. Is anyone surprised that we're using... It feels like something out of a Jules Verne novel in the 1700s. It's like, well, why is, is the balloon, the balloon so dangerous? What's this going on? This is the on? shock factor that has inspired some of the greatest <laughs> memes of a generation, really, is just the fact that we're in disbelief <laughs> that this is how we're spying on our, our neighbours. This like, slow-moving <laughs> balloon... In, in 2023, like, honestly, I feel that there were James Bond movies made in the 60s with more <laughs> impressive <laughs> devices for spying on their neighbours. Oh, someone says UFOs likely to be space junk. Yeah, I don't know. It's just, it does surprise me that we don't have a better grasp of what's going on in And yeah, these private spies. companies that supposedly own it, yeah, where are they? Do you think they've just gone out of business and they're a bit embarrassed now? So, I reckon oh, yeah, don't, that don't there's some poor group of uni students somewhere who got funding together for some kind of like weather balloon or surveillance thing for like the pursuit of science and that they just didn't tell anyone or they didn't get a permit or they didn't they run were high, it They were the high council. at the time. They've and forgotten. so they've sent up there, completely forgotten about it, and now they're like, go fund me million dollar inventions been like blown into the ocean. Maybe. Maybe that, I mean, that's, you know, that's one explanation. It's an ex explanation when we don't have explanations. Also, the language around this, calling, you know, authorities calling the objects benign and saying they've been decommissioned. I mean, just... <laughs> decommissioned. <laughs> yeah, it's in a thousand pieces. In the ocean. What does that even mean? Um, I don't know. There's also claims all a convenient distraction from that toxic train derailment that's happening in the US. Some people are saying, oh, this is quite convenient, isn't it? There's a lot of theories going on. Also, China came out and said, oh, we've actually had US balloons breaching our airspace at least 10 times in the past year. I'm just imagining like a bundle of balloons from Joe Biden's like 80th birthday party <laughs> that have just flown up into the atmosphere. We know they're bad for the environment and they don't decompose. So they've just like stayed together, floated into China. It could happen. I don't know. Well, the, the aliens thing, as Em said before, that authorities in the US had to come out and really 
water that down and say, oh, you know, it's not aliens because people were thinking, oh, they haven't ruled it out. Well, what oh, it what do be. they want people to think? <laughs> like, of course people are going to think UFO aliens. I read a piece by a UFO investigator, someone who really, not a person who's got nothing else to do. Is this Australian and just, guy? No, no, it's a lady in the UK and she's really well credentialed. Yeah. She looks at just un- unidentified objects in a really scientific way. And she said that, yeah, most things are explained, but there's 2% that are not explained. I don't know. Do you find that scary or exciting, Brooklyn? Oh, it's exciting. Yeah. Like, bring them down. Let's have a party. Let's have a chat. Maybe they're on their way to Sydney for World Pride. Have you? <laughs> we come in peace. Could be. Maybe it was just some elaborate thing for Mardi Gras that's floated across to the US. I don't know. Em, what do you think? Have you ever seen something that's a bit scary or absolutely not I think as a youngster I probably convinced myself that I had seen Santa's sleigh in the night sky of a Christmas Eve what like just (laughs) stare at the night for long enough and see a twinkle and be convince yourself that it's Santa on his way to you okay um but yeah not not really I haven't had any encounters Brooklyn has Joe Biden considered Santa or tooth fairy (laughs) these are possibilities exactly just jumping the gun. Exactly. And we don't know um, what it is and the president might have to do some more digging to find out about those things. But, hey, we've got on the text line someone saying they still haven't ruled out if it's a glitch in the simulation. <laughs> don't even get me started. Um, someone else, I've seen a UFO and have just finished my master's degree with a main project based on a massive UFO sighting in the 1960s. These are definitely not aliens, kind of insulting to the collective intelligence about it all. Very funny. Okay. Wow, that's a serious text. Nothing but respect to the UFO community. I know, right. And there's people who spend a lot of time looking into this stuff. We're going to move on. Hack. I think I'll just abstain. I'm terrified. I don't want to birth a child in a world like this. Closing my legs forever. I feel less empowered sexually than ever before. Hello, scared. That's the most Gen Z thing I've ever heard. I'm less sexually empowered and it's hella scary. On Triple J. Sex scenes, yes or no? (laughs) Big question, right? What do we think? They're all through TV shows, movies. But some actors are now saying, no, we don't want to do them. And one of those is Penn Badgley. You might know him from the Netflix show You. He's recently said he's done with intimate scenes. He doesn't want to do them. And it's ignited this big debate online. Gen Z, millennials doing war accusing each other of being either a sex-addicted or sexless generation. I don't know. What do you think? Should we ditch sex scenes on screen? Do you think actors should be able to decide whether they're in a show or not? I don't know. Can we just get CGI to generate those kinds of things? Because it's technology that's already being tried now. Let me know. Call in 1300-055-36. You can message in to 0439 I have to go to the Shake Up crew. M Gillespie from Mamma Mia, Brooklyn Ross from Kiss FM. M, <laughs> you a fan of a, a steamy scene in a show? I mean, a steamy scene has its place. I would be <laughs> devastated to lose all steaminess across all television and film. I mean, it would take the awkwardness out of watching stuff 
with your parents, wouldn't mm. it? Oh, that's true. Yeah, if you could just skip them until you get to a certain <laughs> age and then pick that up. But then that would probably be bad for the culture as well. Penn Badgley, what interests me most about this one is, speaking of conspiracy theories, someone on Twitter suggested that clearly he was unfaithful in his relationship and he's now on a tight leash and that this is an instruction handed down to him from his partner. Oh, so he cheated and then the partner's like, oh, well, you can never do an intimate scene Unverified. Okay. Just something I saw on Twitter that was interesting. Hey, maybe US President Joe Biden will comment on that in his (laughs) next press briefing. Before he tells you about the balloons. (laughs) Brooklyn, what are your thoughts on Penn's, you know, stance here and in general? Penn, or as I like to call him, Dan from Gossip Girl. (laughs) Mr. Um, Gossip Girl himself. (laughs) He, I think, like the TV show he's on, you, it does not exist without him, right? It's all about him. If he decided I'm not doing the show, the show's over. So he has a huge amount of power in negotiations when they're trying to get him to do a fourth season, fifth season. And I think they've, he's probably ummed and art a bit and they've said, look, we will do whatever you want, you know? And he's like, well, you know, the sex scenes are a bit awkward. I just got married. And they've gone, they're out. Don't worry about it. Like, they're gone. <laughs> Say no I, more. I, I don't think, yeah, I don't think he probably really pushed as hard as this whole story is making out he did. Okay, interesting. We've got some mixed views on the text line. Someone says, someone in Wanorua country says, normalise what is normal, keep the sex scenes and get rid of the gratuitous violence. Another person says... Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's so true. <laughs> this is not the biggest problem with you. I can hardly think of sex scenes in that show. All I think about is the violent blood is murder in every single episode. <laughs> okay, someone else says, I'm not a fan of sex scenes in media. I'll actively turn off a movie or show with sex scenes. Romance, etc., can be implied clearly without these scenes. Do you reckon it's sometimes just gratuitous? Let's take something like, I don't know whether you watch Game of Thrones or something, remove all of the, you know, sex scenes and sit like, you know, crazy crazy scenes out of that. So we put that to the text line earlier today and someone's like, well, basically it's home and away then. That's what it is. (laughs) (laughs) What do you think, Brooklyn? Do you think sometimes we go overboard? Well, overboard, but I think then you, you need it. Like it, Game of Thrones needed it. It was it was a different time in humanity, and it was very primal. And that's what that's mm. what we do when you just get down to basics, isn't it? Yeah. Like you and can't sense sensitize it. From the network's perspective, sex sells. If you've got a show that's really G-rated, it's not going to start conversations, become that viral moment that they're hoping for. But do we need to be thinking about the partners of these actors here? Maybe they're getting really... I think really... we're getting mixed up between actual <laughs> sex and implied <laughs> fake sex in a in the set of a television or a film show. It's, it's not actual real sex. Well, actually, sex. Brooklyn's partner is here right now. Damien oh, is yes. here. Damien... Yeah. I can't see what you're saying. Maybe you want to come in, but I just want to know, what do you think? Would you? He's going to come in. What would you think of Brooklyn getting involved in a sex scene? Just push. Push, Damien. It's a door. The push. Yep. He's battling there to get into the door, is. but he's you here now. Spot, Sorry. Damien, get in front of that. Mike, what would you think about Brooklyn doing a sex scene in a show? Um... <laughs> I think it comes down to who it's with. Is there a need to be concerned or be jealous or no? 
Oh, okay. He's not ruling it out. He's not ruling it out. No, I wouldn't rule it out. Also, it depends how much money it's paying. Oh, okay, right. So it's all all a financial thing. Brooklyn, thank you, Damien, so much for the contribution. That's good to know, Damien. I'll make sure it's a million (laughs) dollars. Everybody has a price, Dave. I'll do some bargaining. I'll do some bargaining. Someone says, I understand the need for sex scenes if it's relevant to the plot, but I feel some shows have them just for the sake of it. Uh, Someone says, leave all the sex scenes and remove all the UFOs. <laughs> True. And another person says Game of Thrones used body doubles for certain nude scenes. If actors don't want to do sex scenes, they already don't have to. And also there's that yeah. thing. Did you see the controversy around the show You People with um, yeah. the kiss at the end between Jonah Hill and Lauren London? Apparently it was CGI. And really? people said, yeah. And people said, oh, well, it showed because there was no chemistry between them. And Oh, it- I didn't I didn't think that at all. I loved that movie and I was waiting for that big old passion. I was fooled. So Okay, well, so the technology go. fooled you. Would the technology fool you? Yeah, apparently you think- they just like sort of air kissed and literally just squeezed the image together and made yeah. it look like they were kissing. But it's I mean, you basic. can't fake it like in theatre. Like actors in a play, if they have to kiss and rub up on each other, like they have to do it. There's a lot less freedom, I think, in those situations. But if you have the power, if you can wield it on set and you don't want to do it, don't do it. And also important to point out that intimate scenes need to be handled safely, right? And there's been a lot of progress on that in recent years. And we've actually uh, got a message here from Renee, who's a romance author. And Renee says, number one, consent matters. Number two, one person's opinion isn't a reflection of everyone's wants. And number three says, USA, like American purity culture is weird. No sex, but Mm. violence is okay. A lot of people saying that, they're like, what are we not talking about (laughs) the violence element? It's just not an issue, but yeah. sex scenes, everyone's Amish and everyone's <laughs> everyone's oh, no. got an opinion. Um, hey, that's all we've got time for on the shake-up for now.